we go. Episode number 30 of the Hardline Sports Talk. John Michael Masiri, Michael Merlo here with you. JM, how you doing? Pretty good. Can't complain. How about yourself? Definitely can't complain. My New York Mets got another one tonight. Another oh, win. Look That's at five straight. Getting your hopes up just to take your heart and slam it down again for the fourth time. Five, the fourth time. Five straight here. Now, listen, we're uh, we're playing meaningful games in September. We're going to get to them in a little bit. Of course, they can't go a week or even three days without some type of drama, and there's more with them. We'll get to them in a little bit. But um, I do want to start off with the NFL and a major cut in the NFL, which was a massive surprise. Cam Newton getting cut from the New England Patriots. I think it was kind of obvious that there was a – quarterback competition going on there in new england between him and rookie quarterback mac jones but not only did bill belichick decide to just completely go with mac jones to be the starter he cuts cam off the roster which to me listen i think he's clear that he wants to give mac jones the keys right away and he doesn't want to i don't even know if it's him wanting to be tempted but he doesn't want any distractions here. And I think also Cam's vaccination status was an issue, but that, that's a topic, you know, that we can discuss for a lot. But I'm I'm really surprised they ended up completely cutting Cam Newton. Yeah, um, me too. I think Mac Jones should have been the starter. I think we could agree on that. I am very surprised that they cut him. Um, now, Newton's contract obviously plays a factor, but it was a little different. Wasn't it, like, extremely incentive-based? Yes. I think it was, like, a base, um, whatever the league minimum is, and then it could have gotten up to whatever yeah, it was something they like said it was. Yeah, like nothing crazy, but, yeah, it could get up to $10 million or something like yeah. that based off incentives. So, yeah, the, the cut doesn't really make much sense to me because – all those incentives are, aren't guaranteed money. So, you know, it's not like he's taking up a bunch of cap space and whatever, but yeah, it's a surprising move. I don't necessarily know if Cam Newton's going to play in the NFL this year. I think he, my guess is he will maybe, I don't know if he'll play, but I think he'll be on a roster. I would be very surprised if he doesn't end up on a roster, you know, somebody's going to get hurt. Someone will go down. Um, but right now, it, it doesn't look good for him at all. I saw something about Mike McCarthy. The, the Cowboys were interested in him, and he said we're comfortable with the group of guys we got. He respects Cam Newton, thinks he's a good quarterback, but they feel comfortable with the guys they have. So, yeah, shocking move, and I don't know what Cam Newton's future looks like right now. I think – I think You think he's done? I think he's done. I think there's a stat that in the last 15 years, he's taken the most hits from a quarterback – like the last 15 seasons out of every quarterback running or passing being sacked, he's taking the most hits and it's not even close. It's about 1500 hits. So just add that on top of everything else that's going on. I mean, unfortunately he was a very exciting player and I've never been a massive fan of him. He was a very exciting player at one point point. his arm, his body has completely deteriorated. I don't know what he is at this point. And you know, I brought up him not being vaccinated. A lot of coaches and teams are going to really take that into account when they bring in play, not only players, like if you're a linebacker or a lineman, I think it'll be a little different. But if right. you're a quarterback, whether you're being brought in to be a starter or a backup, I think there's going to be a lot, you know, that decision is going to be weighed heavily whether or not you're vaccinated because you don't want to yeah. bring somebody in that has that much of a risk. So I, and they had an issue a week a week before with cam having to go get a test outside of camp and having to stay in for five days or whatever it was. So they were pretty frustrated with that. It just seems like the bill Belichick way here. That's what, that's what they're going with. Right. Um, yeah. I'm just looking at cam Newton's stats right here. And I, and I was going to say, I don't, you said you think he's done. I think he's been done for two years, to be honest with you. I mean, we know the special talent that Cam Newton was in Carolina, won a Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, sorry, won an MVP, took them to the Super Bowl. Um, but, I mean, I'm looking at the numbers right now, and not even from a just statistics standpoint, just from a games played standpoint. He played two games in 2019, and I remember going into that season, there were already questions about his shoulder and his overall health. 
And then he got hurt week two and was out for the whole year. And it was like, all right, it, it looks like it's the end of the road here for Cam Newton. And then we know that he went to New England last year. And listen, there was a lot. The guy went through some stuff last year with COVID and whatnot and coming to a new team, but way too many excuses were put out for this guy, in my opinion. I mean, you know, they were saying, oh, he was two weeks behind because he missed because of COVID, so he's trying to stay up with the team. That's BS. Come on. Maybe that'll hold him back a little bit, but throwing eight touchdowns in whatever, however 13 games he played, like that's not because he wasn't up to date with the playbook and couldn't get up to game speed because of COVID. Like Cam Newton, like I said, is great talent. He could still run decently well, not the way he used to, but I think the arm obviously is what deteriorate has deteriorated the most. I think um, you talk about last year. I think just you could put an excuse on the fact that they had absolutely no weapons last year. Right. It was one of the worst offensive core weapon wise in the league. So I think that right there is the only excuse. I think COVID. Yeah, obviously he was held back, but let's not act like he was, he was in every meeting, most likely, you know, virtually. So I don't, I don't buy that he was behind. Well, my whole thing with that is with all the excuses, like, yes, that is a valid excuse that, you know, eight guys opted out of the season, key players for the Patriots opted out the weapons, the COVID this and that. But my, I think, you know, you, everybody gets too wrapped up in those excuses and uses them too much. And you're like, hold on. What happened? Just the eye test. You know, I, I, I watched, um, I remember I, I picked the Patriots in a survivor pool last year. And it actually was what br- ended my survivor pools. Like week seven, they're playing the Broncos and Cam Newton's in the game. They're trying to get a game winning drive going. And I'm just watching him, you know, they're, they're really testing Cam Newton. Now they're, it's a two minute drill. You know, he's got to air it out, throw the ball down the field. And he's, he goes to throw an 11 yard, like, crossing route and underthrows him by like two yards and just a lot of inaccurate throws. And obviously that's not the only game I watched. I watched, you know, his whole season for uh, a couple of glimpses of it, but yeah, in terms of the eye test, you could tell he was pondering that shoulder. The strength is not there. The accuracy is not there. I think he's a little bit, um, happy feet in the pocket. I think when you get hit that much over your career, I think you're, that's going to be in the back of your mind that I've been hit so much and I don't want to get hit again. So I'm going to get rid of this or, you know, right as you're about to release that ball, it's in the back of your head. Like I might get clocked right now. So yeah, like I said, I think Cam Newton, I listen, if he wants to keep his career going, he could do whatever he wants, try to, you know, salvage his career or whatever, but I don't think he's anything more than a decent backup, you know, He'd be a good backup. He's like a Gardner Minshew type. He'd be a good backup for a team, but that's all I think he is. I think he's a good backup, but again, when you add his um, – he's a, I think he's a risk no matter what. I think he's an injury risk. I think he's a distraction yeah. risk. And now I think he's a locker room risk with um, not being vaccinated, just like any of these guys. But um, I agree. If we're just basing it off of talent, I think he's one of the better backups in the league. I don't think he's one of the – best 32 quarterbacks like he said in the uh hbo the shop uh that right. show that brady was on and a bunch of other athletes go on he said he claims he's one of the best 32 quarterbacks and we had said then that he wasn't and i think it's clear now bill belichick doesn't but now to look at the other side of this i mean mac jones is getting a is put being put in a massive spot here right. and he had according to um pro football focus the best preseason out of any rookie out of any I want to say rookie quarterback Mm -hmm. ever his grade was better than anybody else's take that how you want but still I'm I'm excited to see him I think he's going to be impressive I think he's in the right system but I don't know I think they're ready to take that next step. I think he's ready to take that next next step. I don't know if they have the talent on offense to do it. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, obviously, Mac Jones is being put in a big spot coming in as a rookie, playing for the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick. Um, I think he's ready for it. I think, like we said, um, he's a he's one of the most pro ready quarterbacks. 
how about this? I think, call me crazy, he might be one of, if not the most pressured rookie quarterback this year, I think. Now that he's 100%. Just getting, now that he's just getting thrown right into the fire, this is a guy, listen, your Zach Wilsons and especially your Trey Lances and your Justin Fields, they're not going to be expected to light the league on fire, you know, when they come in. And I don't think people expect Mac Jones to do the same thing, but there's kind of more of a patient project um, stigma around Fields and Lance, especially. Um, And Mac Jones is, everybody's talking about, oh, he played in a pro style offense at Alabama. He's playing for Bill Belichick. He's, he's a, a Brady type quarterback. He fits perfectly into the system. So I think you know, the Patriots are an aging roster. They're, they're not, they're not the youngest roster out there. Um, just made a bunch of free agent signings. They still have some guys on defense that are getting up there in age now and Dante Hightower and Devin McCourty and other guys like that. So I think this team's going to be expected obviously to perform well. And that comes hand in hand with the quarterback is expected to perform well. So I think Mac Jones has a decent amount of pressure put on him in his rookie season. I think there's, I think you're right. Probably Lawrence just because he's number one, yeah. but I think Jones is two because there's playoff expectations. And I, I, I do think they're going to get one of those wild card teams uh, spots. I think they're one of the better teams in the AFC, but I'm not going to say, Oh, they're going to win a playoff game. I was listening right. to Mike Greenberg this morning saying they're going to win the division and they're going to win a playoff game. Like, all right, calm down. He also said that the Titans are going to be the number one seed in the AFC. So here's, here's my thing too. What is the Patriots? And this is why Mac Jones has so much pressure on him. What is the Patriots safety net here? Like if Mac Jones was performing terribly, you would say, Oh, well they could go to Cam Newton. Cam Newton's gone now. So was it Jared Stidham time? Yeah. I don't even know who else is on that roster. So, you know, they just spent a first round pick on this guy. Jared Stidham's not the future. So then it's like. There's nothing if, else. At if this he point. has like a Tua type rookie season where, you know, he's like a game manager and they're just trying to win as many football games as possible with his performance. Then, yeah, that's why I think he especially has a lot of pressure on him because there's no real plan B. And I think that's obviously the case for a lot of these rookie quarterbacks, but it's a little different with. Um, Jones, because like we said, there's they have playoff expectations. If Trevor Lawrence doesn't have a great rookie season for the Jaguars, they're not saying, oh, we need to find a quarterback quick. The Jaguars know this is a multi-year process. But, you know, in Chicago, you have Andy Dalton with Justin Fields. In San Francisco, you have Jimmy G with Trey Lance. Patriots, there's nothing. And they're expected to win right away. I think you're, you're going to say I'm drinking the Kool-Aid here, but I don't think Belichick would have cut Cam if he didn't think Jones was literally just the perfect guy for this offense and in the perfect position to just take the keys over and I don't, I don't and think get this franchise yeah, going. I don't think you're drinking the Kool-Aid there. I mean, I, yeah, I think Bill Belichick's smart enough and he would make a decision like that. Uh, he wouldn't make a decision like that if he wasn't a hundred percent sure. Um, I'd say you're drinking the Kool-Aid if you're saying Mac Jones is going to win the league MVP, but um, you're not <laughs> saying that obviously. So some guys would, though. Yeah, I mean, Belichick knows what he's doing. I mean, as much as I hate him, he's a smart guy. So, and who likes to cheat a lot? But we'll, we'll sweep that under the rug, I guess. Well, I guess I guess when you're that successful, you, you, you get away with it. That's the thing I never understand. I know football is different, but, like, I did it myself as a Yankee fan, especially freaking ripping the Astros apart for that cheating scandal. Bill Belichick's got three under his belt. And it's like, oh, greatest, greatest coach of all time. It's weird. I don't know. It's fishy. That's for sure. I think just because the the Astros one has such a bigger impact. Like, you know, you deflate a football. Okay, like that'll give you a little advantage, but you know what freaking pitch is coming. Every the you know, way they did it, long- banging trash cans, like, you know, that's pretty bad. And but, it was for like a sustained period of time like it was a long time didn't they say they deflated the football for that afc championship game right but in which they won by 40 points anyway yeah i mean i don't think that was such a big deal but i also think if they're deflating them for the afc championship game then 
what to what would make you think they're not doing it for the divisional game, the the week seventeen, week sixteen, like that just, scandal is so just, stupid though. It was a little overblown, but I think Spygate's worse. Do you know this is a crazy thing? Do you know the Jets used to throw out fake playbooks when they played the Patriots because they apparently there were Patriots interns or whoever that would go through their garbage trying to find like playbooks. That's crazy. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. So they make fake fake playbooks and throw them out. You're right. Spygate is definitely worse than Deflate. Yeah. Mm. I mean, also how how do you if you're a ref on the field and you're touching the ball, you know, almost every play you have to set the ball down. Right. How do you not? That's why I only think it was for one game. That's that's the only reason why I, I think it was for only one game. Right. Because the refs would have noticed. A bunch of refs would have noticed. Yeah. Unless guys came out and I don't know about it. I mean, I think it was slight. I don't think it was crazy. But, yeah, I, I, it was probably still noticeable. I don't know how you can like the, the first thing when I pick up, pick up a football, especially one that, you know, let's just say sitting in my garage. The first thing I, right. you know, feel and look for is if it's deflated or not. Right. Cause I, I like the ball a little deflated. I don't know. Yeah, of course. The, why do you think Tom Brady liked the ball a little deflated? I think Gronk liked the ball a little deflated. Yeah. It's easier to catch, easier to throw, throw it further. I can't wait to do our football picks next week. I'm very yeah, excited. For I gotta, honestly, I should start them right now. Like, I, we got a lot of stuff to take care of. I was doing I, not like the preseason, like, you know, I'm, you know, like predictions for Super Bowl division. I was doing, I was going through the list of spreads. Mm. We got to think of something like a point system. Maybe we'll, we'll yeah, pick a few oh, games yeah, a week. We'll do that. Cause I was, uh, I mean, I joined a survivor pool tonight um, I'm I'm locked and loaded here. There you go. Let's go. I baby. can't. I can't wait. I, I have Deshaun. Was I, I? I'm doing. I'm still doing like a mock a day at least. So. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't done a mock. I've been doing a little research here and there. The the athletic has a nice little uh fantasy you know kit or yeah. whatever. They do it for baseball. They're doing it for football now too. So I've been looking a little bit, but right. I don't want to over prepare. Does that make sense? Yeah, over prepared for true. so long. Yeah, because then you'll change your mind like six different times, and it's like, all right, yeah. I can, I kind of have a feeling of where I want to go here. Give it I want to talk about Deshaun Watson because we we touched on it last time, but it's it's really just I don't understand. Well, actually, I do understand where the Dolphins are coming from. I think the Dolphins are trying to get a feel on a feel feel on the whole situation. I think they're not. I don't think they're going to trade for him at all this season, but I think they're trying to get their foot in the door for the potential for potentially when this all blows away, if it ever does and he's good to go and they still want to trade him and he still wants to be traded. I think they want to be the first team in the door. The first team that the Texans want to call because they already had dialogue about this guy. Right. Yes. But the only thing that I question with that is, at that point, like, how can you even negotiate that? Because what are the Dolphins saying? Hey, if this guy, if this case goes away and whatever, this is what we value him at. You know what I mean? Like, his value right now is obviously not what it would be if all this legal trouble wasn't around him. So when they're negotiating that and you say they're putting their foot in the door, are they, like, on terms of, when this goes away, we want three first round picks. And like, it's just odd to navigate that. And you would think maybe the Dolphins get to a point where they're like, maybe we should just roll the dice with this, buy low, take a risk, and hopefully it hits. I don't think the Texans' stance is changing just because nothing's came from the NFL yet. Right. So I think the end, I think the Texans are operating as if, you know, this guy's playing week one if he wanted to play for their team. And I think the Dolphins are operating as we have no clue what the hell is going on. We have to be careful. But at the same time, we would like to talk about it because obviously they wanted to upgrade that position. What is like the deal with him even playing? Because, you know, I had a fantasy draft um, about a week ago and I take my quarterback, right? I'm just scrolling through and I'm like, 
holy crap. I, I literally like where I was like, why do I feel like there's a quarterback missing in these rankings? I'm like, it's can it's, it's Deshaun Watson. And Cam Newton. Yeah, I almost get Cam Newton. Yeah. And it really is true. He's owned in like, I think like 23% of fantasy leagues, which is freaking crazy. But yeah, it's, it's like, I don't know what is going on with the whole Deshaun Watson situation. If he's going to play, if he's not going to play, it's just very weird. He's not on any exempt list right now from the NFL. That's um, the thing. So is he, did he ever go to a practice? I thought he did. He was at a couple of practices and the Texans have came out and said they are, you know, expected to go through, you know, the first game or whatever the season with, with him not participating. Right. So, which means he'll I'm almost, I'm guessing he'll be fine for that, but they're putting him on the 53 man roster. That's what I saw the other day. Right. And they're just going to have him not play and be inactive. That's bizarre. Yeah. Right here. Look. It's not focusing, but yeah. See, I can add him. He's on. Why? Oh, look. Oh, Bishop Sycamore. No, take a look at these bras. Shop bras online. Oh, good, good. Did you see this Bishop Sycamore stuff? Yes, I did. Uh, Right before we get right before we get into that. Um. Do you think? I know this might sound crazy. Do you think Deshaun Watson is ever going to play in the NFL again? Yeah. You do? I would say yes also. Um, I don't want to sound insensitive. I think this is all going to go away pretty soon. Okay. If you asked me that question a couple months ago, I would have said no. But Really? Yeah. Um, but I would say he's going to play again. The reason why months ago I would have said no all of a sudden, you know, we heard about Deshaun Watson nonstop, I mean, for months. It literally from, like, January to May, Deshaun Watson, where's he going to get Trey? Where's he going to – and then those, uh, you know, everything came out, and all of a sudden, nothing. Well, he wasn't seen anywhere. He wasn't going to OTAs, this and that. Um, 22 women came out with, you know, civil suits against him. So, I would have said no, but I don't know. This is all just like extremely it's it's just weird. I don't think he's gonna play this year. Yeah. Just because I th- I think a suspend some kind of suspension will come down. I don't think he'll play for the Texans, and I also don't think the Texans are gonna trade him yet. Do you think he'll ever play a game for the Texans yet? No, I think he'll be I think he'll be traded to Miami. I okay. th- that seems inevit- inevitable. Okay. That'll be Miami. Let me let me raise this to you then. Because there's a lot of Tua defenders out there, and I think you're one of them, no? I like Tua. Okay. So, if you like Tua so much, just this is the thing I'm not getting. Why are the Dolphins, like, actively trying to get Watson? Like, doesn't that tell you, like, the, their, the organization doesn't even believe in the guy? Like, I don't know. It's just weird to me. He Who's, played one season. I understand that. And, listen, it might all change if Tua breaks out this year and has a very good year. But – Deshaun Watson's a 26-year-old top five quarterback in the league. Understandable. Guy. Understandable. Um, obviously, you do what he's you a can great to get talent. But Tua Tagovailoa is also 22 years old. And are you really willing to sacrifice three first-round picks and all this future to get Deshaun Watson, who um, at that point, I think if you're willing to do that, the difference between Watson and Tua that you see is like massive. Like they wouldn't go and give three first round picks if they think Tua is going to be a bottom top 10 quarterback in the league. As long as he's available to play, I think you do what you can, especially if you're the Dolphins when you have the resources. Right. But right, like, we can move on to uh, Bishop Sycamore. A, a team like the Eagles, it makes absolute, and I'm not just saying it because they're oh, in my no. division. Yeah, the Eagles makes absolute. Sense. That makes no sense. I, I think we can both agree that the Dolphins are close. I don't care if the being Eagles a didn't team. have Jalen Hurts. I don't care if the Eagles just had Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. It still makes no sense. You exactly. have no, you have don't have a lot of future, you know, draft picks to to trade away, and you're gonna do that with all the dead money cap space money you have right now, and just bad roster like. Deshaun, who's Deshaun Watson going to be throwing to? Obviously, Devontae Smith, but who's going to be blocking for him? Who's going to be playing defense? On the, you know, not not Travis Fulgham. That's not a good. Yeah, 
not Travis. It's not, that's a that's a terrible, terrible. You think JJ? You think this is the year JJ uh, our Sega Whiteside breaks out? You think this is finally the year? A hundred percent. Yeah, this has got to be the year. This is this has got to be the year. It's got to be. I mean, we've waited for <laughs> what three years now or something. Yeah. No, I mean, it's gonna be better than DK Metcalf. <laughs> Can um, let me read this to you. This is very interesting. I saw this today. Most dead money by seasons. So 2017, the the Browns had the most dead money, right. which is basically you know, money you're paying to players on your team, fifty million dollars. 2018, the Bills went six and ten. They had sixty nine million dollars. The Dolphins were went five and eleven in 2019, sixty five million dollars. And then 2020, the Jaguars had the most dead money, fifty two million, and they they went one and fifteen. The Eagles lead the league in dead money this year and it's 50 million good luck on that track record Jesus to the Christ. eagles because they're already set up what was failure. that all that from the jaguars is that the nick Foles contract it's got to be part of the nick Foles. i'm guessing aj boyer right yeah um ramsey maybe ram did they ever pay ramsey I don't think they paid Ramsey. I think the Rams paid Ramsey. I think the Rams did. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think the Rams did pay Ramsey. I think that's why they traded him away, honestly. Yes, they didn't want to pay him. Kind of like a Jamal Adams thing. I, I find that very interesting, though, about the uh, the dead money. I th- I already thought the Eagles were going to be a poverty franchise this season, but this just – I think that kind of locks it in there. The Jets also. The Jets are, like, second. Like, <laughs> I looked at this. The Jets are, like, second or third. All those three years. That money? money. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Mike McCagan. Yeah, good. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell. No, that that, good. that good sounds sign. like a good Oh, idea. no. Tremaine Johnson. Oh, that's perfect. Good. Good signing, yeah. That sounds like a good signing. That that sounds – right now, it sounds like it would work. Um, oh. You know, Craig Carton's uh, friends with Mike McCagan. Oh, well, two idiots. Good good friends, yeah. Uh, Evan Roberts wanted, to, wanted Craig to call him the other day, see how he's doing. That would uh, that would be interesting. See what Mike McCagney's doing. You know, know John Idzik. You know John Idzik got another job in the NFL. I don't think McCagney did though. Really. Who was worse? Was it um, Idzik worse? Idzik was worse. McCagney at least they had that ten and six year. Um, he, I don't even say he had any good draft pick. Like McCagney's picks. If you looked at McCagney, people were like, "Oh my god, Mike McCagney and all these drafts and stuff like that." But he would just get the first round picks right. Guys that fell into his lap, like Leonard Williams, well, three and, guys, and Jamal Adams, yeah, and, and Sam Darnold. And then the only thing I credit him with with the Sam Darnold thing was they moved up to three to get Darnold, um, and they made a good deal. Yeah, but that trade honestly worked out for, for way better for the Colts. They got Darius Leonard with that Darius Leonard and Quentin Nelson with the two picks that the Oof. Jets gave them. But no, Idzik was Idzik was really. Yeah, I remember they were flying the planes around for Idzik, Fire Idzik with the banner. Yes. There was like a website, like a Fire Gaze thing. They did the same exact thing with Adam Gaze. I remember that, and I'm happy you brought up Adam Gaze because I want to bring up the new head coach, Rob Sala. Rob Sala was talking in an interview yesterday and said the most impressive trait about Zach Wilson is not the throws he makes. He says those are impressive. Those are great. Those make your draw drops sometimes. But the most impressive thing about him, and we've actually spoke about this, was him basically in the classroom watching film, the questions he asks, how smart he is, and how he's able to comprehend the whole offense. And that's got to be music to your ears as a Jets fan because we know how this guy is on the field. We know how ultra-talented, how he can most likely make any throw. He's just – he's incredible. Right from what we've seen from college, but you know, the, the biggest thing, for, especially for a young quarterback is understanding and grasping the offense in the NFL and grasping the game in the NFL. And, and the fact that he's doing all this should be music to yours. Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm a little tone deaf to it because of just hearing the same things about Sam Darnold. So yes, it's very good. I, I'd rather hear that than hear Zach Wilson doesn't know what the hell he's doing. But I think my point here is, you know, it, that's nice, but we're, I'm tired of hearing all this stuff. I'm ready to just see him hit the field, honestly. Like, I just want to see him do it, put it all out there on the field. Um, I think Zach is 
personally, I think he's ahead of Darnold than when Darnold came to the Jets. Uh, I think with everything, obviously, he has better coaching around him. He has better uh, receivers around him, better offensive line around Everything is better around him. Um, the only thing – I'm sorry, but going to the individual part is what I wanted to say was – Zach, I think, under, is a quicker learner than Sam Darnold was, understands the game a little better. Um, so I think he's a little bit more of like nothing against Darnold, but I think he's more of a football guy kind of a thing than Darnold was. They say that he's like a film junkie and everything. So, yeah, love hearing all these great traits around him. But at this point, like, because I heard Tony Romo say, like, oh, Zach Wilson's like Aaron Rodgers. This is crazy. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes. And listen, I love hearing that, but I would I heard Tony Romo pre-Sam Darnold, and I heard Dan Orlovsky go on the radio every single day and talk about how Sam Darnold's going to be a fantastic quarterback, pro bowler, this and that. Um, and maybe the talent was there. You know, I, they just never coached him up. But my, you know what my, I'm kind of trying to say here is, it's nice to hear all these things, but I've seen this movie once, so let's make sure it's not a sequel. And I could just see him go there out, go out there on the field, and confirm what all these people are saying. It's like who gives a crap what everybody's saying? You just right. want to see it happen because everybody. Because want... there's always if you go to the the Patriots articles and the the Niners articles and the Bears and the Jaguars are everybody's saying nice things about these quarterbacks. You know, you don't see people. Oh, some scout comes out for the uh, that, or some coach comes out for the Bears and says, "Oh, Justin Fields doesn't know how to process offenses." You know, so not a, it's not a smart thing to uh, yeah come out and no, say your quarterback's got this so, this issue. As much as I like hearing it, I just want to see the guy play some damn football. Yeah, I completely agree with you. But so far, it's, it's like it's like in the preseason. It's, I'm very it's like an, it's enough of you know telling me this guy's great. Right. Like I, I need me. to see it, and you'll be there, which is very exciting for I his for start. And I in, am very interested in also being there for the Jets home opener. Kind of want to make it there, Jets Patriots week two. Did you get the tickets yet? Not yet. It's my birthday weekend. Might have to ask for that for my birthday. Yeah, don't don't worry about it. Oh yeah. Yeah, don't don't worry about it. Um, let's move over to the uh, to the Giants here because you know it's, it's funny they have an issue, right? And they've had opportunities to fix this issue, and yet now now they want to do it. It's like doing it's like saving all your work in the semester for the end, and then you're scrambling to do all of it and scrambling right. to do all of it because right. that's what they're doing. They've made so many, you know, pickups for whether it was their practice squad or even to the roster or trades to add to this offensive line. It's like unbelievable. Like, oh, you actually had a player in the draft in which you could have fixed a position of need, which was right tackle, and you just could have stayed at your pick. Right. But, no, we had to trade down for a wide receiver. Yes, again, like I said last time, it was great to get the extra first-round pick, but the offensive line seems very important to me. They added um, Circa, something Circa. He's played with a couple of teams. He was most recently with the Dolphins. They cut him. It was a surprise cut. He plays center and guard. They traded for Ben Beardson from the Baltimore Ravens, who ironically was going to be Kevin Zaitler's backup. Hmm. So. they like we had mentioned last time as well. They traded for Billy Price from the Kevin Zeidler's Bengals. Yes, that's where he's signed. Oh. They're stacked offensive line. Mm. Yeah, that's gonna be a it's gonna be an interesting division. But the, listen, the Giants need to be better on this offensive line. I, they ran the ball well. I'm not really concerned about them being able to run the ball and, and run block, but I am really worried about them protecting Danny Dimes. Right. And I think, you know, we, we have a reason to be concerned about that because, like you said, now they're just scrambling and getting all these basically just depth offensive linemen. Yep. And I, I think my main problem with Dave Gettleman and the way he's handled his tenure being with the Giants is I think everything's just been mistimed, if I could word it like that, because you go back to was this the Saquon draft? That was his first draft. 
Saquon was his first draft. Yeah. So you go to the Saquon pick. They were trying to salvage a, one last year with Eli. Didn't really make much sense, though, honestly, to pick Saquon there, especially when you had guys like Darnold and Allen and Rosen on the board. And obviously we know how Rosen worked out. But still, um, we didn't know he was going to be a bust back then. I um, wanted Rosen. Yeah. Uh, I thought they were going to pick him, honestly. Even with Darnold on the board, I thought they were going to go with Rosen in that draft. Um, I wanted Darnold. I actually thought they would go Allen. That would have been very nice. Um, in, an, in an alternate universe, Josh Allen, yeah. <laughs> you know, quarterback for the Giants right now. Um, and then I think about this Tony pick. I think Kadarius, A, I think Kadarius Tony's a good talent. I think they reached, I don't know if he was necessarily a top 20 pick. Um, a lot of people had Elijah Moore var- uh, valued higher than Tony. Rashad Bateman was valued higher than Tony. Um, but, you know, they go off their scouting reports and scheme fits and whatnot. So it wasn't a crazy reach, but my biggest beef with that is just the trade down beef. in general. What? You got beef? Yeah, I got beef. The trade down in general. I mean, trading down when Rashawn Slater's on the board, Elijah Vera Tucker's on the board, you know, guys are on the board to help your football team and, and block your quarterback your franchise quarterback who this is basically his make or break year this is dave gettleman's make or break year um and not only trading down and getting a first round pick for next year um which you know kind of weird that dave gettleman's trying to like build for next year when if i was him i'd be trying to do everything right now but anyways not just not picking the offensive lineman at 11 not picking a lineman the whole draft i mean kind of crazy to me that they didn't you know second round pick up or, or at least a third round pick whatever um did they even draft one the, the entire draft no they didn't draft an offensive lineman in the 2021 yeah. draft and it's funny because That's crazy to me it's like okay you you sit there after the draft and you say there were a lot of young guys they started to play better toward the end of the year you're getting you know whatever it means nate solder back and you'll make whatever signings or trades you but it's funny that you know like right now like they're making all these scrambles to go get offensive linemen and they're doing what they can they've made a couple of trades they've made a couple of waiver wiver um they've made a couple of pickups you know whether it was to claim somebody or just to put somebody on their practice squad it makes no sense to me that like you just said you had two guys who are in my opinion, very, very good players that you could have added months ago. And and, and again, I like the first round pick. I like the insurance possibly of having to get a quarterback next year, but it it makes no sense to me. Right. Um, I mean, who knows where that Bears pick's going to end up at, but... I think it'll be high. Yeah? How high? I don't like the Bears. I don't like the Bears. I think I it'll like be a... Either, um, but- I don't think they're going to be like a top – that's going to be a top five pick, you know? Mm-mm. I think anywhere from the 7 to 12 range. I think if they need to go get a quarterback next year, if Daniel Jones doesn't pan out and they need to go get a quarterback, I think they're going to have to trade up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so do I. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Who knows where the Giants end up? Um, I think if Daniel Jones doesn't have a good year, I can't imagine that that pick is, you know, a low pick. They'd probably have a decently high pick. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, we talk so much. I'm just kind of tired of speculating. Let's just go see what happens. Uh, big, big year for the Giants this year. A lot of guys jobs on the line, Dave Gettleman, uh, Daniel Jones. Are we going to see if Joe judge is a real deal or not? We saw, we liked what we saw last year. Is he going to, you know, double down on that? Keep showing improvements. Um, Andrew Thomas has a lot of, pressure on him this year i think 100 you know, if he has another bad year then we start talking bust um saquon barkley this is he's saquon gonna opt have a major injury exactly he's gonna be uh asking for that contract after this year right so he's and he's gonna be back apparently for week one i never you know honestly i never really doubted it i think this is all like a smoke screen i think he's gonna play i think he's gonna be a full go for week one and no doubt about it. I think the Giants win that game. Mm-hmm. 
Kenny Galladay. A lot of pressure. They, they, he, he's gonna be fine, I think. I think he's gonna play week one. Yeah, there's pressure on Galladay for sure, but he got his money. So right. but they yeah, they think he's gonna play as well. I like you know, I like Tony. I think Tony's a very good player. I liked him before the draft, to be to be completely honest with you. So it's just the it's the selection, it's the position selection is what I don't like. But I like I like the player. So we'll see. So you like the you like the Giants week one, huh? I the Giants week one plus two and a half. I'll take oh, them really? on the They're money underdogs. line. Yeah, and it was it was a pick 'em last week. At home? Yeah, it was a pick 'em. It was, you know, whatever. The Broncos are favored by one. So that's you know. I think that's a winnable game for the Giants. You know, Teddy Bridgewater is a quarterback for the Broncos, so it's not like yeah, you know, it's Teddy Bridgewater, it's nothing special. Um, Broncos got a good defense. So. I think that Broncos team has a lot of question marks, though. That de- yeah, the defense is good, but a couple guys, Von Miller, can he come back from an injury and perform at the level he's at? Bradley Chubb also um, major injury at injuries, uh, but we'll see. And then the Broncos offense talk about question marks. Jerry Judy, I think Judy, I think Judy. I think he's got to take care of those drop problems, obviously. And um, Cortland Sutton coming off a major knee injury. And now they have Melvin Gordon. Is how much of a workload is he going to have because they just drafted Javante Williams. So, I don't know. You think uh, the crazy thing about Drew Locke, like, where does is, – is this it for him? Like, is he just going to be a backup his whole career now? Is he like a Minshew now? If he doesn't figure it out this season because I don't think – Teddy Bridgewater is going to start the whole year. If he doesn't figure it out, yes, he's going to be like a backup for the right. most part. I I like Drew Lock. I early in the draft process when they actually took Jones, I kind of wanted Drew Lock. Right. He was but, thought you know. about being the first round pick. I think he was expected to be a first round, not top ten pick, but first round, late first round. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I just can't wait for yeah. Him. That draft's not looking so hot right now. Uh, Kyler Murray is like the only guy who is like a sure thing. Yeah, even him, you know, he, he, we don't know how good he's going to end up being. Just wait until after this year. Oh, and Daniel Jones finds himself working at McDonald's, or here we go. Um, a week from today, a week from Thursday, so six days from when you guys are listening, the oh. NFL season kicks off cannot wait uh we're gonna take a quick break here and then we're gonna get into some baseball lots to get to like i said the mets just don't know how to stay out of the headlines and um a big performance from a big time yankee player when we come back after this the snd podcast channel the perfect channel for any style of podcast we have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs if you would like to start a podcast you can reach us at snd podcast at gmail.com we are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Here we go. Episode 30. We are back. John Michael Masseri, Michael Merlin with you. We are going to get to Major League Baseball. We're going to start with the New York Yankees because they were on a little four-game skid out in Anaheim. But Garrett Cole, the stopper, the ace, with a massive performance, 15 strikeouts, seven innings. And they get the win. Um, I think it's the AL Cy Young race is weird. I it's cool to me right now. I, I but a lot of people had thought it was Lance Lynn, including you know GMs and scouts and managers around the league. If you asked them a week ago, there was a poll taken. They said it was Lance Lynn. I wouldn't even put Lance Lynn two. I'd say Robbie Ray, who's having a great year, is too. Yeah, and I, I think agree. he's pretty close to Cole. But I, I think it's Cole right now, and I know how you feel, but I'll give you the floor here. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I think Lance Lynn, he has – he leads the American League in ERA, and he leads the American League in ERA+. plus. Garrett Cole leads the American League and wins. Take that with a grain of salt. I think we always do. But strikeouts – FIP, whip, hit per nine, strikeout per nine, strikeout to walk ratio. I mean, he's a sabermetric. Uh, those aren't even sabermetrics, but FIP is. But um, he's like a sabermetric stream right now. He's striking guys out, making guys swing and miss. You just said he had a 15 strikeout performance. Um, 
And I think Robbie Ray's his biggest competition. He's right up there with the strikeouts and everything. And fun fact, Robbie Ray now, remember we were talking about you, Darvish, what happened to his? I was just going to say this, yes. All-time strikeouts. Now it's Robbie Ray, um, which is crazy. Uh, we always Robbie knew he had nasty Ray. stuff when he pitched in Arizona, but it was just the walks. He would just walk, walk, walk guys like crazy. And he never really put it together. And this season he's been putting it together. And I believe he's a free agent at the end of the season. Yes, he is. He's going to get himself paid. He's going to get time. a nice contract from somebody that needs starting pitching. Yeah, um, 100%. But, yeah, I think it's Cole. I think Cole's the, the best pitcher in the American League. He was ever, a lot of people's preseason prediction to be the AL Cy Young. Um, he's just a dominant ace. And I think it's you know, Lance Lynn's had a great year, but so is Robbie Ray. Season ended today. I'm going Garrett Cole. So am I, and it's crazy. Like, listen, Lynn has been really, really good, but, like, how do you look at, and I'm taking Cole out of this, how do you say Ray is ahead of him? I don't know. Like, that makes no sense to me. The best thing about Ray's game is his strikeouts, and Cole leads the MLB in strikeouts per nine. So, I don't get it. The only thing I would say is people look at war, and I like war, pitcher war. I'm not crazy about it. I think hitter war is way better. Um, Robbie Ray, let's pull it up real quick. I believe Robbie Ray is a higher war than Garrett Cole does uh, on baseball. Right? Yeah, his B war is 6.1, and Cole's is 5.4. But then if you look at their F war, Cole's is higher, so – that's the only thing he's got going for him, I guess. I mean, the ERAs are right there. Rays is 0.02 points lower, but oh. Cole's got more innings. Cole's got more strikeouts. He's got a better no. whip, better hip or nine, all that stuff. No, please give give it to Robbie Ray. He's got a lower ERA, please. Yeah. No, by 0.02. Um, yeah, I remember Yankee fans, and not only Yankee fans, but other people when the sticky stuff thing came out. You know, oh, my God. We have to worry about this contract right. being terrible, and it's just like laughable at this point yeah. to even think you that was a conversation. Oh, yeah, but not even that, just like everybody's gonna have to adjust. So it just like the market would have corrected yeah. itself, yeah. you know. That that's what it would have been. You know, I heard I heard a conspiracy theory, it's just switched topics for a minute about Jacob DeGrom, and it was brought to my attention on Sunday. And I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> this person thinks that he is holding himself out because he's not paid enough. Uh, why the, would he do that exactly? The only thing that makes sense is every time he goes for an MRI, there's no structural damage. And the last couple of times, it's like, oh, he's progressing, but he's not pitching. He's not throwing. Like, that's what it's been the last couple of times. It's been slightly fishy. I don't know how much I believe it, but. So you think he's like, just like making up that he's sore and stuff like that? I don't know. I mean, it, the fact that he goes and gets an MRI and has no structural damage every single time. And thank God. And the fact that they say, yeah, he, there's nothing wrong, but he can pitch like the inflammation's down, but he can't pitch like it makes no sense to me. Yeah, I, I think that's, don't, please don't get too wrapped up in that. I think that's no, just someone, I'm not. someone seeing a store, a non story and trying to turn it into a story. I'm does not. He lose, does, does he lose money by, not playing because I know teams get insurance, but I, I don't think that necessarily means the players lose the money. No, the team will get insurance, like right. you said, but they won't lose that money. No, I don't believe it. I, ju I just heard it. That's all. And it's not like, listen, it's not like Jacob DeGrom, like he signed an extension. He's making a decent amount of money and he was, the, you know, he agreed to sign the extension. Um, well, he's making 30 a year, I think, or close to it. Yeah. So it's, it's, that's not, yeah. Please don't. 
read into that. No, I'm not. I'm not like getting all caught up on it. But I just, it's you interesting. You literally just said that you haven't stopped thinking about it. I'm not believing it, but it's it can't get out of my head. Like whenever I think about them now, I, I think of that, but I don't believe it. Like I don't think that that's the reason why he's. I also pitching. I don't think Jacob Degrom would do that either. Like I neither do I. That was the other thing. He exactly he doesn't seem like that type. He of seems like he a seems... guy who just want goes out there every fifth day and does his job, and he's like a quiet guy. I don't know. He's he's not like a Trevor Bauer. He seems like a great guy. Yeah, I'd love to meet him. I haven't met a lot of celebrities. Really? Yeah, not not many. It's a shame you should work on that. I met Chris Berman. Get him on the show. Know. DM him. Be like, yo, Degrom. Yeah. I've never met you. Oh, do you want me to DM? Do you want me to DM Degrom? Yeah, his, he's not really big on the social media. Get his email. Something. Oh Send yeah, him a letter. Yeah, I'll, I'll hand write a letter and deliver it to his mail. Yeah, like fan mail. Yeah, exactly. Draw a picture of him or something. Um, here we go. Yankees, Yankees got a sweep this series, huh? Right against Baltimore. Um. Yeah, I mean it's a three-game set. I think, you know, they obviously need to win at least two, especially it's at home. I don't think it really matters home or away against the Orioles. But, uh, yeah. Confidence. I'd say they need, to, they need to – I'd say they need to sweep two out of three. Honestly, that four-game losing streak, it was just, like, weird. Like, it didn't even feel like we lost four in a row. Coming off mean? that big winning streak, it was just like, oh, well, we lost, like, whatever. We were in every game, like playing decently and you know we were talking about Garrett Cole having such an amazing season Aaron Judge has literally been like the best player in the American League the past month and he's really putting together an MVP type season he's not going to win it because Otani's just having a better year than him and um, you know other guys like I I think Vlad's really slipped down the ladder in MVP I, I mean you can make a decent argument that he's not even the best player on his having the best season on his team right now. Marcus Simeon's having like a ridiculous year too. Um, not offensively, but if you look at the war numbers and everything like that, he's I think he has a higher war and you know he's a way better defender. He could steal bases. He does like everything, Simeon. But um, yeah. Vlad's leading the league in on base OPS, OPS plus total bases. Still gonna go and hits and runs scored so um i'll stick with vlad at two yeah me too and probably on his team because also i think simeon's dropped a little bit i thought simeon I've been to lo- 32 home runs and he's got a five something more and yeah but he hasn't been as good lately i would have checked numbers because i was looking at him as a possible free agent target for the mets right his war, uh, listen, I'm not taking away from his seasons. He had an absolutely phenomenal season, probably the best of his career. Mm-hmm. But I just had, I had saw and thought recently that he um, was not playing as well as he was. Right. But I, I look right now and I could be definitely wrong. And Cedric Mullins is still having a ridiculous year. Cedric Mullins is beast. His numbers are a little down. It's not like crazy, but his numbers are a little down this second. And 306, 24 homers, 25 stolen bases, 900 OPS, five war, 141 OPS plus. That's a damn good season. Good for the Orioles. They got one of their, you know, they got a franchise player there. Yeah. Well, 100%. And um, they're going to need a couple I, more. Yeah. I like Mount Castle too. I think he's a good player. Yeah. I think he's solid. There's not really much to grasp onto on that team, though. No. Except Cedric. aging and. I don't know what his contract looks like. Cedric's, At least, hey, they, Chris Davis retired. They got that going for him. Yeah, except they have to pay $2 million, million for the next, you know, 10 years or whatever. It right. is 20 to uh, pay We're that We're officially in the month where baseball goes on the back burner for a little bit. And it's funny because it's the end, and there's going to be a lot of really close races, yeah. which I want to kind of talk about. But, yeah, you're right. It goes right you know second fiddle all of a sudden it's fantasy football you know it's football season and fantasy football and it's college football and this you know it takes over football takes over um but 
yeah, like you said, there's going to be a bunch of tight races, and we could talk about that right now. Um, the Rays are running away with the division right now. I mean, they won't stop winning. Um, they lost two in a row, though, to Boston. Th- yes, they did. Um, but they also made the lead set up to seven games, eight games. It was, it was up to eight. It's actually down to two, six and a half right now. Right. Um, the AL Central just about wrapped up. Um, yep. Luis Robert West, looks like a beast. AL West is still up for grabs, but Houston's got a pretty good lead now. Oakland has not been playing well over the past month. Um, and at least is definitely still in play. The Phillies are red hot right now. The Mets have put together a nice winning streak here. Oh, yeah, um, baby. But that's really it. No crazy divisional. The, the NL East is the closest division right now. But Oh, you uh, think? Yeah, it is. If you look at it by games back and everything, it's definitely. Oh, not not the NL West with the uh, two teams in, at the top of that? Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, Thanks for that, reminding me. That, you know that what might it was? Be, uh, because I went, on, I went on the standings, and it said no games back for the Giants. So I just, like, I didn't see there were any games back, so it just went through my head. Yeah, no, you're, um, you're good. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. And then you have the NL wildcard race, which is it's a race for second place because the Giants slash Dodgers are 13 and a half games up. <laughs> which is insane um just crazy they have the they both are tied for the best record in baseball and they're in the same division and one of them's gonna have to play in that wonderful wild card game right okay how opposed are you to like an nba playoff format format not necessarily the amount of teams just winning your division like doesn't really matter kind of a setup for the mlb i'm not okay with that yeah no, I, I think because I think teams, like, I think the Yankees, and I'm just using them as an example, I think the Yankees are going to do everything in their power to go for the division. Because right. I think they want to try and avoid that playing game. So I think teams should, I think there should be an incentive to, you know, not play in that wild card game and have to win your division. Right. I agree. I, th- I think that's, I think it makes for better quality baseball you know more more exciting races and stuff like that so i agree i uh i'm not a big fan of that it's a good question though it's very interesting are you falling asleep right now no my i'm not even you know what's funny it's like i'm not tired to the point where i would go to sleep it's just my eyes keep closing it's weird i'm wide awake with my eyes shut like i am wide awake like my eyes are shut wide awake i could talk for as long as possible my eyes are just tired like i'm just okay it's very it's, weird. listen listen very i went weird. to bed at 12 30 last night i woke up at 6 30 i gotta wake up at 6 50 tomorrow it's 12 48 right now oh mikey a little tired yeah at least at least one of us is uh you know working may, making the money here oh yeah baby i got 10 40 class tomorrow i'm chilling i got 6 50 work tomorrow who Oh, new drink um, dropped. I can't wait to listen to that. Oh, here we go. Uh, what else is there? Did a um, did a prominent uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Wait a minute, did it drop? All right, I don't see it out on Apple Music right now, so that's a problem. Oh, don't you cry? Did a prominent executive in New York with a big job get arrested or anything? No, right? No. That couldn't have happened on top of everything. That's Did we happening. just completely skip that story? No, I had it written down. We just didn't start with it. Oh, okay. We started with the Yankees. I, I thought I would start with the Yankees. Right. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think anything. The Mets wouldn't do anything to shoot themselves in the foot right now. No, the Mets wouldn't want to be, you know, front page news again. No. There's no oh, when Zach Scott got arrested. Who got arrested? The Mets general manager. Really? Yeah, it's DUI. It's crazy. Yeah. And on top of it, he never wait, told wait, the hold team. Wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah, he wasn't. What was he doing? Like he was at the bar or something. He was just coming from a. a oh wait, yeah. Oh yeah. No, th- this was the original thing that like he was coming from Steve Cohen's house. He got arrested eight hours after that. 
Yeah, but if what, you're still, he was still, still coming. He slept in his car. Yeah, I think he probably went to a bar and then slept in his car. There's no way from eight o'clock to four o'clock he's just, you know still hammered. Well, maybe he took a couple of beers with him to go or something. Steve Collins, like, hey, the couple roads yeah. out of us. Yeah, why not? <laughs> so Zach's got Mets general manager got arrested for a DUI um, late Monday night, early Tuesday morning, and he decided to not tell anybody. The news broke Wednesday afternoon at about three thirty. He didn't inform the team. The team found out Wednesday morning, and it's where we are. They placed him on administrative leave. And Sandy Alderson will run the team for a little bit. You guys need to send Theo Epstein the most phenomenal presentation he's ever seen in his life. You need to send him millions of dollars in cash, whatever you can do to get that man to New York. Because I want Theo. Don't get me wrong. I want Theo. First of all, uh, Sandy Alderson's got to go. Yeah. Done. I'm done. He's got to be out of the organization. Mm. And obviously, Scott and Rojas and everybody that works for them, they all got to be fired. There was a name brought up today, which I am very interested in. And Theo is my number one guy, but this guy would definitely be my number two. David Stearns. He is a, um, he runs the Brewers. What do you mean? He's the GM or? I think he's the GM. Oh, he's 36. He's a graduate of Harvard. Very smart man, very impressive. And um, they think a lot of people within Major League Baseball think he's the next big time executive. All right. Quick question for you. Why would David Stearns want to leave the Brewers to go to the Mets to do the same exact job? Well, I'm going to just look up what David Stearns' exact title is right now. But I think he would want to leave um, the Brewers to get complete full control of the Mets. And oh, he's the he is the president of baseball operations there. Oh, here's the kicker. He's a Mets fan. He's oh, from New God. York. Okay. He's from there New York. Go. Yeah. Well, and um, I mean, I think at one point you got to kind of put your fandom aside and be like, hey, I'm doing a good job here in Milwaukee. Good. Job security. It's New York. Yeah, but you embrace that opportunity. Brewers are like coming. having a great season, winning the division right now. He's he's in a really good spot. Why would he want to go to New York? And then he could screw it up, lose his job, and now he's no more GM for anybody. Well, you see, if people lived life that way, this world wouldn't be great. No, see, no, people can take risks. That is an unnecessary risk. I don't think it is. I think Stern's got, I don't know. You're going to offer him more money. You're going to offer him more control. He, I just, I think that, um, and he grew up in New York. I think it's not crazy. Well, he can't be that bright of a guy if he grew up in New York and wasn't a Yankee fan. Oh, here we go. Taking a shot. Yeah, you know, I had to. You, you talking bad about my dad there? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, your dad. Oh, my grandpa, actually. Grandpa. We... All Mets fans. Yeah, here we go. Um, so, yeah, the Mets, they, listen, they've won five straight. Technically four because the, one of the games that they won was a suspended game, which all the stats and records go back to April, which is when the game was supposed to be played. <coughs> but technically, plus, you know, the Mets have won five straight games. They are five games out of the division, five games out of the wild card. It is September 3rd. I think we're back. Closing your eyes again. Oh, my God. No, I'm not closing my eyes. You also can't see it because of the lighting. Like, you hear me talking in full sentences, complete sentences. Yeah, but I don't want to. Yeah, the the Mets are doing a really good job there. They won five in a row. Like, it's, it's weird. It's not. You just need to get over it, is what I think. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I think we're back again for stop. like the fourth stop time. Stop saying you're back. We're back. I, th- I think so. I, I think you're back. back if you get within three games. Okay, so two days from now. Okay, two days if the so tough. If the Braves lose two in a row and you win two in a row, yeah, yeah. 
You think I'm worried about the Phillies? Phillies come to town two weekends from now. That's a sweep. It's it's probably not. That's a domination sweep. You think I'm worried about the Phillies? You should be. They swept you. Yankees Yankees come to town next weekend. You think I'm worried about that? No. You should be. Sweep. Okay. I like. Don't worry about anybody. You know, I, I I appreciate your optimism. I'm not worried about anybody. Okay. I like my team. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, if you want my honest opinion, I think there are a lot of guys on this team that have to go. I think we've made that clear. Yeah, definitely. Definitely clear. I, I think there's a lot of people that have to go. But listen, the thing with this team is it's so annoying because they've pitched well all year. Their bullpen's been really, really good all year. It's the fact that they can't get this big hit. Like they'll have guys on base and they'll be down one, they'll be down two, or whatever, whatever it is in the game, and they cannot get the big hit to get those guys home. That's what the most frustrating part about this team is. So if they find a way to get the big hit down the stretch with the way they've been pitching, bullpen and starting rotation wise, I, I, I mean, I could see a run to you know, make a push here to the post. I I think that's such an underrated thing. Like you said, you know, hitting with runners, scoring position, situational hitting, because the Yankees were the same thing. They couldn't get the big hit. And then this past one streak they went on, it was two out rallies, you know, getting guys in scoring position, driving them in. And it's like night and day with an offense like that. So obviously when you have better hitting, your situational hitting should be better, but that's not necessarily always true. But um yeah, situational hitting is so crucial, and that's where the Mets have fell short this year. Yeah, well, I think uh, I think we're back, and uh, hopefully uh, next hopefully next week when we um, we come back, uh, we we'll do our predictions on Monday. But we'll be talking about the Mets being back, so um, that'll do it for episode thirty. But episode thirty-one which will be recorded on Monday and out on Tuesday. It's going to be a big episode. We're going to do our NFL predictions, and we have a little bit of an announcement that will be coming up Monday night, though. A little tease there, what they like to call in the business. A little tease. Thank you. Yeah. So, so we're very excited for Monday and just the whole week. We got fantasy drafts up the wazoo and um, the start of the NFL season. Mm-hmm. Anything you got to say? No, happy Labor Day weekend. Yes, definitely. Enjoy the time. Yes, enjoy the weekend, and we will talk to you guys next week.